Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. It is uh, Black Monday for the sports gambling world. Uh, very, very, very chill day with not a lot, you know, after after the freaking fire hose of betting that goes on uh, weekend one of March Madness. It's like full on like withdrawals today. I got involved in some daytime tennis, which I haven't been involved in in a while. That's been fun. Um, Miami Open beautiful venue they really set that place up well it looks so good um and uh it's been a fun tournament so far i'd like to see it just um, rains so much it just, just rains, rains so, much. so much it does it really does um but uh march madness is off to a very very chalky start my goodness Sure would be nice if uh, you had entered a couple of pools and just picked pretty much all of the chalk to advance, which is what I did in a couple of pools. So I'm in pretty uh, sitting pretty here in, in pool space. Oh, I know if if Duke if Duke would have lost, I would have been because I went fairly chalky and then just didn't pick anything. I'd have been sitting real pretty if uh, oh, and I feel for UCF that was tough. That was like they had two. Real I don't close. know how like. Uh, I'm not going to be full conspiracy theory ref ref aided win, but I mean when the going gets tough, those those calls better lean Duke's way if moving on to the tournament too. But uh, yeah, there there were some good tweets about like post uh, CBS is uh, you know CBS executives and they're just going to a fridge and getting a shitload of champagne. Because yeah, ratings <laughs> like Cinderellas are good, but marquee matchups are better for ratings. It's gonna be fun. There's, there's n- like literally, like almost any team on the board right now could make the final. I think there's not like a you know some 13 seed that slipped through that's just like oh, now they're gonna get the shit kicked out of them by Virginia or something. You don't think Oregon like, is uh, that team? I don't know. They've looked pretty tough. They have looked pretty tough. Yeah, they they were surprised. It was one of those like overthink moves where everyone, oh man, the whole world's on Oregon. That's what we go back to. I don't know if we ever sat and talked about like bet percentages or whatnot, but I think it did come up at one point. And it's like, you know, if you really think that the percentage of people that are making a bet on one side of a game will affect how that game plays out, you might as well just write the sports book a check. Just cut them a check and go <laughs> go go find a different hobby. Because I mean I get I, you're saying I, I this get on the, the eve of, I get the, you're saying this on the eve of the only time I've ever seen empirical evidence that shows that fading the public works. Yeah, this is true. But anyway, I mean anyway, it's it's funny that like there, you know, there's arguments to be made sometimes for things like that, but for the most part, it's you know, well, everybody. I saw people. There was people who took Wisconsin just because the whole world was on Oregon. Like, well, yeah, right, yeah. Wisconsin, yeah. Wisconsin is they're they're kind of beat up. It was. I don't even think I bet that one. I, I picked both ways in the bracket, I believe. What was so? What was but your no, biggest? they look good. Yeah. What was your biggest win in the tourney? Oh, I mean, I didn't have a ton on these small ones, but Liberty was nice. I guess uh, the Liberty, the round robin 
was kind of nice for just putting 20 bucks on a bunch of little parlays and having four out of the four out of the 11 come through hitting the round robins never bad but i don't know if if you guys didn't follow that i, I placed around 20 dollar bets on a four-way parlay of all the 12 seeds and then every combination of two and threes uh the two and three-way parlays of all the 12 seeds so from the get-go, Auburn beats New Mexico State. It is what it is. We still have a chance. If I can get two out of three, if they're the two longer ones, I could break even. Get three out of three remaining, I'll make some money. Little did I know, the other three would come, you know, they would come through. I'd make some money, 220 paid out, like 780. But man, like I sat and half-assed the math, and then I stopped till I, before I was all the way through. Because New Mexico State had that kick out for the three pointer yeah. at the end of regulation. It was there. so close, man. Tur- yeah, turns out, yeah, that was like a twenty five hundred dollars shot for uh, me. I guess oh. like that that been like it, I'm glad it wasn't the last game. I, you know, I'd, I'd already made my bet at what what is whatever, but no. So that would have been nice, I guess. It have made liberty, and the thing is too, I'd have probably hedged liberty at that point. Oh right, because course, that would have been, course, it, it'd been it'd have been so it'd have been so much more. Uh, There'd have been so much more potential return for Liberty getting it done at that point. I would have, I would have been able to actually, you know, all well that ends well. Made some money there. I, uh, I took some advice on some UFC stuff and just par, just doing random UFC parlays with like Kentucky money line and shit like that. We had some halfway decent tickets come through. Otherwise, I didn't. I did a lot of live betting. Nice. Good. There was a lot of live betting spots, which there was a lot funny. of good you go out to, you go out to of good live spots. There really oh were. god, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like really Virginia, the half, the Virginia some minus the something. Spots, man, it's I don't really do a ton of second half betting, but like holy shit, there were some halftime spots that were just like too good to be true. Um, can't come up with a ton of them off the top of my head, but like you could tell pretty clearly. No, but like I took I took Virginia live. I mean, they gave yeah, me a pretty good. sweet number on that. And I think I had Virginia at like minus eight, minus seven and a half or eight. You know, but I, I didn't. I can't imagine the, the yelling at they got in the halftime. So I spot yeah. you know one of the second, you, you know the. Of good team is losing to bad team. To yeah, good team in the second half. Grass sample size of just twenty extra minutes there. <clears throat> it doesn't always work. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me, my voice is still just shot from <laughs> being hard screaming. Five days. Screw five yeah. days is too long. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't always work. Look at Duke at halftime. That's surely. Yeah. Yeah, that did not work out. Uh, I don't know or who would have played them. There was pretty, life. yeah, they were pretty, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, um, again, you know, we had a great time in the desert. Uh, oh, some thanks to some of the folks that took care of us, bought us drinks, and uh, and uh, had fun uh, hanging out and playing cards with. Uh, it was a really, really great time, as always. Cannot wait to go back. Every yeah, you're time, terrible at I, cards. I, I, I'm terrible at cards. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I'm terrible. I'm terrible at table. Like I'm terrible. I'm terrible at table games in general. Like I like it's a ta- it's a ta- it's a tax for me when I go out there. Anytime I'm at the table, I'm literally getting taxed because uh, I just Man. don't have I just don't have it. Yeah, I I have a buddy who he didn't know any table games, so he only played slots. And slots are awful, and he's complaining about he lost like thousands of dollars on slots over the course of a couple days. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I'm like, well, fuck. We, so I took him across. I took him to like Binion's. As I'm like, this is kind of a shithole. We'll have a cheap table here. To We don't need to make your education hurt too much. We'll find a $10 table. So I taught him how to play blackjack over the course of like an hour or so. And got him halfway decent. Told him, you know, if you play by yourself, just ask the dealer. If you don't know what you're doing, you're going to be fine. And I find him like later on that day, he's over at the Palms. And he's playing $100 a hand, two at a time, playing blackjack. <laughs> Switch. <laughs> he, he ramped it up in a race. Oh, table table games are where it's at. Don't play slots. Slots are slots are exactly how they keep the lights on. Yeah, but it was yeah. tons of fun. The sports books were awesome. It's it's great. Sports um, book knowing exactly who's on what, it just is. living and dying on every shot. The end of a couple games were pretty wild in the books. Uh, yeah, shout out uh, as oh, long as man. we're just. As long as there's plenty of good, you don't have to. I don't have to tell you like the Superbook is cool. I don't have to tell you the Bellagio's nice. You know, I don't have to tell you the Cosmos swanky and hot and it's fun. Shout out to the Palms. I spent all the Cosmos very cool, but shout out to the Palms. I'd say because it was like really chill there. It was busy but chill. Like it was pretty packed and that's the ideal place. And it'd be like it was. It was. It was fun. But also, like, there was never a line to go. And and they have the app if you want it to. They have a really good new barbecue joint. And uh, we actually ate at their steakhouse one night. Super good. Nice. I don't even know. Uh, scotch, and, scotch and meat or something. I don't know what it was called. It was good. Shout out to, yeah, kind of a sneaky pick is the Palms. It's almost a little more local. That was fun. I like it. I like but, it. Uh, but, yeah, it was a great time. Had by all. Thanks to everybody who took care of us. And, um yeah, man. Let's uh, let's dive into a new. One guy bought us wine. Topic. Oh yeah, that's right. That was a great time. It was good wine too. <laughs> it was good. Um, okay, let's get into um, let's get into another evergreen topic and one that I think will have. I don't. Know, I think it has relevancy right now, uh, and it has. Uh, it's always kind of. A one that goes a little bit unspoken, and you know, I mean, there may be some people who listen to this and are like vehemently disagree with us about some of these points, but um, we want to kind of take on trends head first here. Uh, And this is complicated because not all trends are created equal. Some trends are full on garbage noise. Some trends are immensely important and predictive. Uh, And it's really kind of an easy thing to sound sharp sound smart by sort of qualifying all trends as trash but i think that there's a lot more nuance involved than that uh and it's pretty difficult to kind of um you know take your handicapping to a level where you are going beyond just looking at trends that you think are predictive and using those blindly um and that's mostly what we want to talk about today are you ready to dive into some trends yeah, and let me just spit one out, Whale. Uh, a shitty, pick a, make up a, a real hypothetical, real shitty one for people if they need an example. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, you know, like like this, this, this yeah. pitcher does better. And this pitch has a sub two ERA in night games versus the 
American League East when they're not even in that or something along those lines where yeah. it just feels this? like overfitting. How about this? Utah hasn't covered a double digit uh, spread at home on a Monday since 2002. <laughs> Right, like that's that's what I would qualify as uh, a pretty ridiculous trend, because uh, you know, or, or or you know, Utah as a double digit favorite at home on a Monday is oh for their last fourteen, and that happens to go back to two thousand eight, right? And um, yeah, so right away, number one, you're talking about teams that have completely changed rosters. You're talking about an entirely different NBA. Uh, you're talking about a sample that's bizarre and and um, you know difficult to in, entirely you know difficult to really characterize. You know what would have happened in each of those games independently. But if you have something like that, that seems like a sure thing, slam dunk, no doubt, golden side here because look, it's never gone wrong. Um, it's an easy way to kind of put together, start shaping a narrative that supports backing aside if you're selling picks or if you're, you know, promoting material to try to get noticed in the handicapping world is a very easy way to kind of grab attention. Is, you, is that fair? Yeah, I mean, it's just sometimes I feel like a trend is just a retweets. You know, like, oh, that's interesting. But man, some of the, I mean, you'll see like baseball trends and be like that's i mean there's different ways to make them yeah i say like overfitting when it's when you get way too specific like that's such a specific thing that you're you're just looking for it like you went and back tested a bunch of stuff or you found an outlier and you're, you're labeling an outlier trend like like your example or my weird example you know playing against uh, some other division in baseball at night this pitcher does well. That's probably just that's probably just noise. It's garbled noise. Or or some of these were, were you know, this team team X does this in like thirty some games since nineteen ninety eight. Like in a baseball, like oh, like the, the game in one against the Expos. Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> a team that we don't even have anymore. You know? Yeah, Gra- yeah, yeah. I mean, I granted they just like you know you. You start talking about some of these trends, even ones that go back. It's like you have to start to look at the root of why would this trend be logical? And if you start is, looking is, at it, is and it, it logical? Be, and it'd be based. Is it logical? Yeah, is it first? Is it logical? And then if you look at look at, I mean, look at the logic. Like, put yourself in the person who posted or the whoever's trying to support this trend and be like, what way? And if it's if it's based on like roster construction or how that team plays or the style of play, but it's a trend that goes back, or maybe there was a huge roster turnover or a change in coaching or something, and they're not even a similar team anymore. I mean, you got to just throw that out the window. It's yeah. a completely different team. You know, this was a this was a tanking team three years ago. Now they're a, a mild contender in the NBA or something. Like that's not the it's not the same thing. You know, it's just it's just noise at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, you're comparing uh, you're comparing things that happened with completely different rosters years ago. That's that's not something you want to be using to, you know, try to predict future success. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's 
put a little more context behind some of these ideas then. Uh, how, if you see some sort of anomalous trend, um, and you, you know, what is a reasonable way to evaluate it, to validate it? Um, and then vice versa, if you have a theory that's, you know, like how can you go about testing it? And like, you know, what are some of the kind of the key basic, um, you know, philosophies here that you need to keep in mind as you're doing all this stuff. So that those are the kind of the three areas that I want to explore when it comes to trends, because it's pretty easy to kind of say, oh man, these ones are just trash, completely useless. It's also pretty easy to say a handful of ones, oh, these are really, really freaking useful and should be, you know, carefully integrated. Um, and I guess maybe a good example of that would be like, um, what's, what's a good, like, uh, uh, situational trend that gets sussed out for football, like East coast teams, like West coast teams on the East coast or something like that. Like, maybe, yeah, and that's the, th and that's the thing. Yeah. Right. Some of those like things, if somebody some of those things trend, like, you know, they're, they're like, they, they could be a trend. It could be a trend. It could be a, a predictive trend, but that's the problem with something that is actually predictive than actually is, you know, it has logic. It passes logic tests. It's working. It's not winning at some outrageous clip. It's just a, a solid trend that gives you a slight edge. <clears throat> if you know about it and other people know about it, eventually it's going to get adjusted out. It's going to get baked into the lines. And that's the problem with the one, you know, the trends that you can actually use for the most part, they're short term and they're going to be adjusted for, you know, you, you can say this, this team is covered as a double digit dog six. Well, if you, if you think, you know, the bookmakers don't know that you're again, write, write a check to somebody, I guess. <laughs> Cause that's the, you know, it's going to get adjusted. If that, that obviously means that, you know, if something is, not quite right in their numbers when they're setting that line and they're going to start adjusting them up. You, you know, you can ride a hot team like that for a while, but it is going to get adjusted out. The sports books tend not to lose money over the long term. Mm -hmm. Granted, maybe, maybe an underdog one would work longer because public don't love, don't love backing a ton of underdogs constantly. Okay. But I mean, so don't, don't you think right that's kind of the case with, with a lot of that? It, it is going to get baked in eventually. Yes, that is no, no, it's exactly, no, I think that there's in general, there's a market cycle where, and let's talk, I mean, let's use the NCAA round one as an example, like underdogs went what, seven and one or seven and two or something out of the gate, like underdogs were just covering at just a wild clip, right? And like oh, yeah. the like the sharp like the sharp market lines were off by a good three or four points on average uh, in favor of the underdog over the first handful of games, and the response from the gambling media community at large was just to point out, "Holy shit, dogs are having a day!" You know, like dogs are covering, dogs are covering, dogs are covering, and clearly there was a market overreaction where people were betting dogs because dogs were covering and they thought, oh, this will continue to happen. Uh, and then it presented value on the favorites and it came back across to where there was value on the favorites for a while. And I think you saw it around too that all of the favorites that covered in general was some of that was probably because there had been 
you know, so much betting on the dog in general that it influenced the line in that direction, right? Like it didn't have, there wasn't any correlation between a dog winning game one and a dog winning game eight, right? But it, under covering in game one and covering in game eight, but uh, clearly the market overreacted to it and presented value on, uh, on the favorites at some point. Um, I would expect now. And then, that I mean, that is true. Lost. Like, Alex took money, moved a couple points, <clears throat> didn't come close. Um, I don't know if Minnesota took any money. Obviously, they, they were never going to cover that game as it was. Um, I think uh, there was a couple more cases on Sunday where a couple there was a couple trendy dogs that took quite a bit of money. I'm assuming they took quite a bit of money based on the line moves. I think so for sure. I want to say that opened at like seven, ended up at five, five and a half, and that was never a game. Uh, you could go into the smaller conferences. I, maybe that's where I saw it because I was watching some CBI and stuff too. And which uh, taking ten steps back, Vegas doesn't put the CBI games on, which is kind of a problem because I, I forgot one was even going on. But uh, yeah, there there was like Oklahoma took a little bit of money that really for them say. Savior, Savior, Texas, that worked out. Savior got beat the band. That one, that clearly isn't in the big tournament, but that one did work out. Wichita State, too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the right. trendy dogs that just didn't come through. Yeah. Liberty, yeah. oh, yeah. Liberty was close. I didn't bet some of those ATS results on. Some of those were for the, the bracketology and other people's bets. Yeah, yeah. But I, I guess what I would say, what I what I would say is, I saw, yeah, I mean, just the fact that the underdogs covered at such an astounding clip right away, and really just in a cluster, right at the beginning of the tournament, um, and then gave people the perspective after round one that, oh, this is an underdog's year, like let's bet the dogs. Like I think there, you know, there probably almost certainly was an overcorrection in the lines makers, and I, I'm saying this because I'm looking at like Ken Palm's numbers for round two and. I mean, like, he basically would have flagged value on, like, 75-ish percent of favorites. And, of course, I think favorites hit at, like, 72% or something like that in round two. So, like, it, it was kind of, you know, it was it was kind of a, a very typical market cycle. And we, I've seen this happen in the NFL, like, over a couple weeks. Like, if you have three, two or three weeks in a row where you have a majority of dogs covering and then someone goes public with, like, a dogs are on a, you know, on a 20 to you know 20 to 8 run in the NFL like it absolutely does influence the market because there's so much volume on that sport and I think March Madness is the that, same way it's a good like, point there so can be volume. there can be value there can be value on the other side of dog money coming in on a and you know I would never ever probably encourage someone just to blindly bet favorites it's like no never you know what I, I what I just to come back on the favorites all of them for because of that there's variance and that shouldn't be your full handicap but if you see a bunch of dogs cover like in this scenario and then you know the the betting public what is can continue to come in on dogs and you're seeing some line movements, don't let that scare you off a favorite if that's what you liked in your initial handicap. Yeah, like, right, use that right, as right. context. No, it, use it, use it as yes, context exactly. great, and, great and know that yeah. know that 
like, but know why. And then also just say, well, screw it. I, I'm getting more value on the side I already liked because everybody's chasing the, the next underdog to cover. Yep, exactly. And, Uh-oh. and yeah, I mean, I think, I think it goes to, if you have a complete process and you are not letting the noise, you know, and, and the nonsense that exists out there in the, the information space, if you are not letting that influence you and you're using your model that you've, you know, that you've put time and effort and blood and sweat and money into over the course of a whole season and you did, you know, you went sub 500 in the, uh, in the first round because a couple of dogs overperformed a couple of favorites, you know, let you down. Like, and you look at your card for a week, you know, days three and four of the tournament and it's all favorites. Like, do you just have to trust your process at that point? I mean, I think that's the lesson, right? You have to recognize oh, yeah, that for sure. you, you have to recognize that you are effect, in you effect. Always trust. Yeah. Right. And, and recognize in that situation specifically, you are buying low on the favorites. Everyone is out there trying to buy dogs. You're the only one who's buying favorite so you are getting a little extra value in your pocket on top of it and a lot of that is born out of the fact that you have some sort of you know some sort of ground you know some numerical model to look at and tell you one you know what's what's the you know what does the data say beyond the noise right and it um, it never feels good to have never feels good to have a line move against after you've bet it that's even worse uh you know let let's say let's just say michigan florida if you took Minus seven off the opener. It moves to minus five and a half. That's terrible. You got the worst of the number. But I mean, I guess the, the main takeaway of this whole little conversation we just had was the, the part where I said, no, why? Like, no, why it's moving. Sure. Maybe it's not just on Michigan. No, you know, don't let it, don't let it to you think you, maybe you should be buying out at halftime or something along those lines. Just trust your process, realize it, and you know, if you don't bet a line right away and you, like Whale said, you might end up with actually some more value on it. Sure enough. Sure enough, man. So, um, okay. So does that, is that even really in the context of trends or are we just talking about like market, like how it's related? I think that's, and I think that's, kind no, of I think a trend, that's a trend is a trend. Right? It doesn't matter how long it is. Okay. No, and I think, <laughs> it doesn't but, matter. But I think, yeah. And I, and I, but I think like, I think that we're on, we're nailing very key point, but not even saying it, which is any trend as you, even something that you think is very, very predictive, you have to uh, utilize it in the context of what the market knows and what the market is doing with that exact same information, because you're not handicapping in a vacuum. Is that fair? Yeah. And you could have, a very, very powerful and predictive trend, but if it is being shouted from the rooftop and, you know, a propensity of gamblers are also using that same information and running with it, a la NFL, West Coast teams, traveling East, playing in the early games, right? Like that is 1 million, billion, trillion percent built into the number now. They know that people are going to run to the book to bet chargers at you know, get to fade the chargers at 10 a.m on a sunday just because of that information and there is some margin built into it they know it right and i would say you know you have to have if you have something new and original and differentiating that's great like you know and you you can find ways to you know u- utilize certain trends or certain you know observed data that is telling you that there's an inefficiency in the market and you can use that to your advantage. But 
you have to recognize that eventually the market will catch up to you, right? Eventually, you will no longer have a monopoly on that information in terms of how it is influencing the true price, what the prices are, what the prices ought to be, and where there's value on a given side or total. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if you just want to like ignore while you're talking about like sport by sport, how it can vary a little, like little, I think the NFL might be the least predictive for some of these because just the volume and the amount of eyes on it. And when there is a trend like that, you'll see it blasted out from multiple media sources and everybody's on it. Like it is just, and it's too small a sample size, especially, you know, just even if it's just a single season, it's a 16, you know, 17 weeks. And I think most trends within a single football season are too small. And then on the other end of the spectrum, I believe, and I know, and I know people who use this to bet and do it successfully. I know that there are trends in baseball within, even within a season. And I know they can be exploited. Like, you know, we, we shit on a lot of this, but there ends and they're not going to be like we said with the adjustments, no trend will ever be just, you know, this lifelong cash cow. That's just not how things work, but there are ways to exploit things like that. If, if the books don't adjust, if there's, if there's a pitcher who's, you know, just seems to, meld, but he gets shelled enough and they're a decent enough hitting team where these first five overs are just crushing at like 65%. You know, that's the, some of those derivative lines like that aren't going to get adjusted out as fast as, as other stuff that are getting hit hard by the public. Right. Especially right. early on in the, you know, early on in the baseball season where there's still college basketball, ba uh, hockey, NBA, or even like late in the year when the NFL starts up and there's less money coming into that market. Like I don't, you know, I know you don't, Certainly don't but just following along as some other people that talk a lot of it. It it seems like I mean those things make sense, and I mean I've I've watched them work out over the short term. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then let's say you're on Twitter and a tweet is getting a couple hundred likes, and it's pointing out some sort of trend against the spread trend, right? I don't want to like yep. single any specific person out here. I don't want to like say, you know, or any specific trend, but let's just pretend like, like there's one out there and it's like, okay. Um, the, uh, actually I have a specific one and this is not calling any one person out. Um, but, um, the Grizzlies are at home tonight. They're playing the thunder. Uh, they uh, and they play well at home. They are ten and three against the spread since January twenty sixth at home. And on the flip side, the Thunder are one and eight against the spread since February nineteenth, February fourteenth, right? And let's say somebody throws this trend out there: Grizzlies twenty, you know, are ten and four at home. Thunder one and eight. Therefore, there's value in the Grizzlies. Right. How you go about evaluating this? Is it data? Is it noise? Is there something about this particular trend that is actually actionable intelligence? Or is this uh, is this something that you just throw throw aside and do your handicap the way you would do it using the data and numbers and not try to adjust for situations or anything like that? Yeah, no, it's it's full on noise. 
it's just another case of <clears throat> if we know the lines know no it's it's going to be adjusted for eventually you know you might get away with it this one time but it's that's certainly just nothing you can ride long term and that's something i do hate i mean it, it different strokes for different folks i just can't handicap this way except bet based on that saying this team is a good ats team at home four at home against the spread this year. I'd rather bet on a team that's four and 10 against the spread at home, honestly, because I think that <laughs> if my numbers, you know, well, granted, if, if my, I look, cause I do look at that sometimes my numbers already like a team and they have a terrible ATS number. Like I'm even happier because I'm thinking I'm getting like, you know, that this team can't cover a number. So it's getting adjusted the other way because other teams, you know, people will want to fade that. Well, this team can't cover a number. I'm going to go the other way. The line's going to open up further. Like, you can't, if a team is good against the spread at home, you don't want to bet them at home. It's not going to continue. That's going to, you know, you can't say every team is going to regress to the mean because you'll, you'll, see plenty of teams that finish with a great ATS record uh, across the but for the most part a lot of that is just noise and it is going to regress like I absolutely would encourage not using that I mean that because that's the simplest trend good against the spread good against the spread on the road this team is good at home against things that are going to work their way out eventually. Do you Those not think are truly predictive? Do you not? Does seeing knows what home that field, everybody knows what home field's worth? But hey, but hang on. You see something like that though. Does that tell you if, if Memphis is especially good at home and the Thunder are especially poor on the road? Uh, do you see a trend like that and think, okay, well, the way I do things, taking an average or a time window averaged inputs on data on these teams and not specifically separating them out into home in a way before a handicap would that challenge kind of the way you would go about a basic handicap on a given game because i personally i do not use home and away splits for nba i know a lot of people that do and i know that it what's, probably what's your short term on nba what are you in five games five games is your short term sample uh, uh seven or six Seven. seven. All right. Games. So I go seven case, is my shortest sample. No, and th this and this falls into due diligence. This is goes like episode when I said I don't just blindly bet off my spreadsheet numbers. I look at stuff after I after I identify it. I look at a few things, and I think in this case, I mean, since this is such, I mean, widely known information, especially among NBA betters, and it is out there. People are tweeting about it and you're seeing it. It is worth looking at it too. Like if you're basing, it depends on your weighting, but part of your model is the full season. That's, but a, a good chunk of your model is how have they done in the last seven games? Well, you have two different teams and they're weighted differently based on their seven game sample. So you need to look at those samples. I think in this very specific situation, which might not help, but I would I would look and be like, if you want to bet on this team that's bad on the road, look at their last seven games. Are they like five and two at home? I mean, as far as wh where the games were played, is yeah, that right. sample size you're using heavily weighted 
is it on capturing home it? games. Is because, it capturing it by yeah. accident? Right. Sure. Yes. Yeah, be- because you know they haven't played on the road. Thereby, you're ranking a bad road team a little higher than you probably should because your seven game sample is you know maybe looking at five or six games that are at home rather than four and three three and four if it's the other way around then you got to be yeah i think you know ecstatic and the the same thing the same thing goes look at what your sample size is give it again the same thing context give those seven game samples do a little digger deeping digger deep (laughs) <laughs> do a little digger deeping. Okay. I got you. <laughs> digger deeping. I got Just you. Struggling. You need that, you need that Vegas took, OT, took a red man. eye. <laughs> no, I need, yeah. I need that, uh, uh, the IV in my room. Jesus. Yeah. A lot of go. Gatorade today, but no, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that, and that's always the key. And it's boring and it's hard, but if you want to be good at anything, it's hard. Yeah, and just right. doing a little extra, doing a little extra research is never gonna hurt. Right. I don't. I do. Right. do believe in process paralysis, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Right. If you start yeah, yeah. start analysis putting too many things into yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's but, it. But you, um, you know, you do the, go do do some uh, okay. Do some digger deeping. Let's let's flip, let's flip this and talk about digger deeping. Uh, what about if you have a theory of like, boy, you know, nobody really talks about this, but you know, these American tennis players, when they play in America, they just, they just play better. Right. And these European guys, they just, they suck. No one talks about this though. And, and now I want to evaluate, like, is there fundamentally something about this matchup that is not built into the market that it should be and that I can exploit it? Like, how do you dig deeper and uh, get to the bottom of that? And if you do find something like that, how do you, you know, how do you have confidence to incorporate it into your handicap? Uh, or do you think, you know, like basically like if you find a trend on your own, as opposed to finding it in kind of the, the media, uh, you know, marketplace at large, like, do you think it's worthwhile evaluating those sort of things and, and trying to come up with, Basically, build handicapping angle from scratch, right? Like, like, is this no, absolutely, and no, no, for and I and again, I said it's ball, maybe even NBA where this where the sample size and NHL the sample size, there can be some predictive things, and uh, I mean, get, and I think a lot of a lot of the baseball stats are really. Really conducive to this. I want to bring when I get a little more time, but you can look awful bad on paper. Stats they use in baseball that most people look at. Some of those more advanced stats, like we talked about with uh, who do we talk baseball with? Peta. Yeah, no, yeah, a little bit with Peta, a little bit with spread. Yeah. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Spread of Peta. But uh, some of those advanced baseball stats, you can. You could have yeah, this guy has a shitty ERA. Like when you look at a baseball game, and let's just say in the simplest terms, like on on an app, and it oh, shows you the two teams' fucker. records and the starters. How's the NBA going? Uh, no, I'm not even playing NBA. Uh, actually, no, Magic's doing well, but I'm watching. Uh, I watched Frank Tiafo against Old Man Ferrer, oh, and uh, he just got absolutely screwed by Hawkeye. I mean, the, the fucking tennis fuzz was on the line. You could see it. And Hawkeye said it was out. That is such bullshit. 
and he's at a pretty tense moment in the match, so I really hope he doesn't drop this set. I'm going to be bummed because uh, I think his value today was out of this world. Um, sorry. Anyway, uh, <laughs> by the way, the Magic are doing great. Um, they are uh, they're ahead by seven against the uh, the Sixers. Um, that's your live score update for all of you who. I will be listening to this long after these are decided. <laughs> a good but, string of bad luck or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. So, like, um, if, if you and that's what I think a lot of baseball betters do do well with some of that. They can they can hash out some of the deeper like what is actually happening here and against a trend. Like this guy is getting the shit kicked out of him. And he's got a higher ERA or something along those lines. But like, well, he shouldn't be to back this guy at a nice price yeah. because pitcher. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'm in on the same page with you on that. Um, there are some. I mean, okay. So let's talk. Let's talk about uh, real quick. Let's talk about give some shine to the uh, the SDQL. Uh, oh my god, which I think is kind of useful and interesting stuff. Do you use this very often? I try. This is sports. I'm getting data better at it every day. I, I, I use it. Let's see. You yeah, you know, no, you sponsor, to, no sponsorship. To, no sponsorship. No, no, no. But we will say killer, no, no. killersports.com. Or sportsdatabase.com. Killersports.com. I like sportsdatabase.com as well. Yeah. Um, Aren't they the same? They are the same. I have no idea why there's, two, there's like a mirrored site, but whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. Okay. So these guys. And it's have free. SD, SDQL. It's free. It's got lots of. Historic ATS results, over-under results, every sport that you would potentially want this for, major U.S. sport at least, no tennis. Um, but you have you gone there to validate or check specific theories or angles that you had about a given, uh, you know, about a given matchup or a given team? Oh, how, do you, yeah, how do you use it? For sure, I've done that. I mean, it's just it's it's real simple coding. And they have a really nice uh, PDF file you can download that kind of walks you through all of it. But you, you just have to enter a set of criteria based on what you want to be looking at as far as well, the Browns playing after a loss on the road as a double-digit dog. You know, you can you can get real overfit, like we fitting, and then I throw that out. But, I mean, you, you can look up almost anything. It's great. It's all the sports. Sports, really, baseball, football, college football, hockey, I believe, even. But no, it, it is a little tricky and it can be a little uh, overwhelming if you don't know what you're doing. But yeah, download that guide. We'll put a link to this website, this, this sports database thing, because it's free and it's awesome. Um, just, I mean, touching on something I used it for to kind of do some research was just double checking how long teasers had done in uh, the past few years yep. and kind of making some adjustments. You can look at uh, a whole bunch of NFL games and see all the team, you know, all the NFL games that cl- plus one and a half, plus two or plus two and a half and how they would have done as a six point teaser. And you can yeah. instantly look at that and see, is it above or below the threshold to make money? Do that every, you can do it year by year. You can, do it as a, a year range. It was a great tool to go look and say, yeah, like even after the change of the, because I wanted to do after the implementation of the longer extra point, if long teasers had gotten, you know, worse based on a little more variance in score. 
spoiler, it's it's still fine. There's still cash. <laughs> they were but, maybe no, it, it is, last year, to be honest with you. It was weird. It is great to double check. Or, or, uh, if you, or it's just fun for like, honestly, this this might be dumb because we're talking about like trying to handicap stuff, but just it's great for figuring out a trivia. If you really want yes, to dig yeah. and find something, because yeah, when I was I was looking at how when's the last time that a seventeen point favorite in the NBA lost, <laughs> right? Like I used oh that yeah the other yeah day. exactly yeah you like, did that or yeah, or like the, that's got to be a the overtime time stuff. Is <laughs> oh, I was yeah, going right, to overtime yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah overtime yeah. in in college basketball like twice a week. What I looked I'm like what was the worst beating in overtime, and then what was yeah. the worst uncover after being tied. At the end of regulation, which it was something like, like a 12 point hover in overtime, which yeah is just brutal. I think a team actually lost by 16 in overtime once too, which mm-hmm. they were only a, a small dog. So obviously they didn't cover, but boy, not good. That that's <laughs> uh it's wild. No, it's, it's fun for looking up stuff like that. Hopefully you should put a link to that. If you do any handicapping, that's going to be a super big tool as far as, I mean, everybody uses it. Yeah. Anybody yeah, yeah. uses anybody. Tiafo Tiafo did indeed get fucked and the magic are indeed kicking ass. Um, but yeah, S S uh, SDQL sportsdatabase.com, very useful tool for testing stuff. Um, just kind of looking down at some of the most recent stuff I looked at. Um, I was curious, like what happens in the NBA, uh, during March madness? Like, is there, you know, does it impact like how sharp the market is? And so I wanted to pull some data and I, I've, you know, looked up, okay, give me this date to this day last year and show me what the home teams did, how the favorites do, how the over-unders do. Um, you brought up the overtime and it's basically like, oh yeah, no, let, let's look, let's look at, uh, you know, specifically overtime games and try to get some, some sort of data to inform some decision-making about overtime. Yes or no. Um, you know, those kind of things are all available there and it's very worthwhile and useful and maybe no better example you gave than than testing out teaser theory because that is a absolutely perfect application for this. Um, so yeah, it will uh, it will definitely give you the t- you know it's a toolkit for basically testing theories in my opinion. And I don't necessarily say oh hey like go look at the trends that they subscribe to and you know like the stuff that they're pulling out of their ass in terms of you know hey um, uh, you know would you believe that this team is you know, 10 and one to the over at home since January 3rd, you know, I mean like that type of stuff I don't think is, is useful there, but definitely the, the ability to test, uh, test things is, is, is worthwhile. So I would say that's a good jumping on point then for testing theories. The, um, from there, uh, I guess the last, the last point I wanted to hit, you know, on, on trends is, you know, basically just, you know, how to take what you find and incorporate it in a useful way. Um, would you say the, um, you know, that there's, I guess, if you were, if you were thinking to yourself, man, these last couple of weeks, dogs have just been killing it. And you go to the SDQL and you're like, well, how have dogs performed in the last three weeks in the NFL? Oh, wow. They are, they are hitting at 65%, right? Just knowing that do you take any do you make any changes to your interpretation of of the market your modeling and your part in your process at all do you look more for value in favorites knowing that there should be some overcorrection i try not to use it too heavily like that 
but I will not let it scare dog or a favorite or in that case, you know, a favorite. If, uh, you know, if, if it looks like you on a team, I don't understand why I like it so much. And maybe I, I do see and notice the, like you said, the trend that dogs are covering at a high clip. People are going to start chasing trendy underdogs and all of a sudden it becomes value on the, you know, on the favorite instead. Uh, I'm, I think I'm fine with that. I, I, I won't use it to like specifically, like I got to go find some favorites to bet. Now, but <laughs> I'm, you know, you know what I'm saying? I'm definitely sure. going to use it to, to, uh, maybe not scare me off of some plays. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think with your college basketball stuff that the market made some adjustments on how much value there was on underdogs that you were hammering the shit out of those smaller market underdogs in January? You think February I don't, they made some adjustments? I don't know. It, it was weird. Like I just, I've heard from enough people tough. Yeah, right. Like enough people right. that bet college basketball February said, like February is the hardest month. They're like, Andy, you should be betting in November, December. That's where the money's at. Like, well, <laughs> Why'd you wait to jump in until now? Yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you heard, there's football in the fall. <laughs> yeah, I'm too busy. Yeah, I might have to. Season, I mean, but no, I, I think, well, I think anything, like anything that happens in the market, if there is something that gets a little way or the other, to get adjusted out that's uh, yeah otherwise they're going to start getting they're going to get money on the wrong side so you're going to start taking too much money on one way and they're going to get caught yeah don't yeah. want to, okay uh, i mean it, unless you take a strong stand you don't want super unbalanced action all the time for sure, i wouldn't for think sure, for sure when you were getting started in sports betting did you get caught up on trends on forums and covers on oh, some of the major yeah. outlets and no, bet that, specifically because of I the trend this, this yeah absolutely and i think that's why this is a good one to talk about like if you if you sit and make like all your bets based on like what the covers official twitter things says is the best trend like it, it probably not going to work out long term like the, it's not the kind of stuff that continues. If something is if something is ten and one in a certain specific scenario, like that's that's probably just going to regress. Like you're probably at a disadvantage betting on it happening again. It's the goddamn Monte Carlo fallacy, you know. Yeah. If black yeah. comes fourteen times in a row at at the, uh, you know, he, he said, yeah. well, or that, you know, that's the other way around. I guess like oh, it's it's due, it's due the it's other due, way. Like, due, that's due. the other part. I don't know if I I don't. Know if I would just wait, like I'm They're definitely not. It's a completely just, uncorrelated just, event. <laughs> it's completely yeah, uncorrelated. no. It's a it's a solid yeah. I, yeah, and I don't I don't want to put that out there that that's what we're saying. Like if there's some trend, it's going to regress to the mean. You need to jump on the other side right away. Right. That's not that's not it either. No, no. I mean that is full Monte Carlo fallacy. That, right. That, that that's probably an awful idea. Also, you just uh, you just need to trust your handicap. And I yeah, think that's yeah. the main moral of the story of this one is kind of let that noise wash over you. Don't worry about it, but maybe know about it. Like yeah. you said, know yeah, some of the know, context know about for right, why the right, market right, right. might be moving a certain way. Right, right. Don't if put it's your a heavy market like the ears, NFL. Don't, yeah, exactly. Don't put your fingers in your ears and la, 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 trends, la, la, la. Like, listen and know and understand what market you're betting into. If it's a major market like college basketball and NFL where volume really is going to move the marketplace, then you absolutely need to know about it. It's maybe nowhere more important. I mean, this goes to kind of where we started making jokes about, you know, public money and stuff. But like, 
I got tell I got bad news for you. If you're like a public money, you know, nonsense hater, and I'm I am that person for 350 days of the year. Like this is the week that it matters. <laughs> it, it just is. Like so many people are going to bet every one of these Sweet 16 games, uh, and almost certainly, um, you know, the the uninformed money is going to move these numbers off of what the kind of the numerical, um, you know, numerical based in you know, based in algorithms oh, yeah. type of numbers that they post originally. It's like we talked about. Uh, and that absolutely creates value on some But the of these big sets. games. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Super Bowl, so, the, the, the big Sunday night baseball game, all those big games that everybody's got to have a piece of. I mean, there's just, now there's eight of them. Like, unless you're watching NIT. I mean, uh, you got Michigan, Texas, Tech, Florida State, Gonzaga, LSU, Michigan State, Auburn, North Carolina. I mean, there's huge games. VTech, Duke, Houston, Kentucky. It's like you have eight huge marquee games and you don't have anything else to bet on. There's going to be these are going to be like NFL markets on a Sunday morning, just moving with the public money. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Um, and then I, ha- I have a final point I want to make about this, and then let's wrap this up. Does that sound good? <clears throat> the, I point like is, it. the final point is there will be people. There are people who are ex- who are experienced betters with large followings who will identify a trend and promote that trend. And then when it comes to happens to coincide with a winning play, they will use the the um, confirmation bias to absolutely make you think that is why it happened. Correct. You've seen this so many times, right? Like someone will be like, someone will be like, yeah, well, you know, the Blazers had never won when they were down in the fourth quarter and they'd never blown a lead and it had happened in 32 straight games. But I heard that someone in the media brought that up with the players and I knew in the next game that uh, it was all going to change. Right. And then sure enough, they do blow a lead in the fourth quarter of the next game. And like that, somebody might then take that and use confirmation bias and assume that, oh, yeah, no, I knew exactly why. And I was right. And this is an example of good sports handicapping. Uh, Is that, um, you know, is this a, a familiar story? Oh, yeah, sure. And the confirmation bias, like there to be, because that is the thing. Like if you, well, here's why this was a good play. I'm I'm a great candy capper. Yes, that's just kind of the definition of confirmation bias, and that's that's not the way to go about it. I guess. Yeah, and without mind. with yeah, yeah without uh, a doubt, that's, that's ugly. Yeah, without a doubt, if you see or hear of a trend, uh, and then you know some outcome ends up corresponding to that trend, ask yourself very specifically: Is this a correlation or causation right like is this just happened to be a thing that happened when this other thing happened or it did this happen because of this um the best by far and away the best correlation causation example that exists in sports betting and sports data realms is what nfl running backs right like the old school types who don't buy into the you know the analytics and the data science would say you know hey look these teams that rush 28 times a game are winning at 75% clip and like not recognizing that 
that's not a, it's a correlation based on specific game outcome and they're running to put the ball away in the fourth quarter so they have more rushing attempts by by definition <laughs> and it's not you know but they because they happen to be winning in the fourth quarter they generally win the game uh, and they're kind of assi- ascribing causation to it instead of just recognizing that it's a correlation based on something other and other other and entirely separate right so um you know definitely it's a trap that I think a lot of new betters fall into it's something that I think is unavoidable when you have some people who are very with very very loud megaphones who are out there stumping for specific uh you know specific trends to try to use as some implied sharp information or you know some sort of handicapping angle that only they have and they know and therefore you should pay them for their insights like this is pretty common and you should avoid it at all costs and knowing how to separate causation and correlation is huge and not falling into the confirmation bias trap. When you hear about a trend and then that specific outcome then matriculates <laughs> to be able to divorce the results from the, um, you know, from the, the seed that was planted. Um, sound like a good place to end this? <laughs> yeah, I think so. And like, again, yeah, the questions on this hit us up. Uh, with some DMs or respond on Twitter. This was kind of a rambler. This was yeah, a little more sure, impromptu for sure, for sure. since for sure. we both just flew back from the desert. But and this and just like maybe did you have did you have you uh, shouldn't you shouldn't just <laughs> blindly look at these and use them. Don't don't make it your whole handicap. Yeah. If yeah. you think if your numbers love a bet, you're absolutely set on it, and then you see a trend that supports your bet don't let that scare you either no matter what just it's noise it's noise and trust your shit always trust your shit that's our new model gotta separate your signal from your noise all right trust okay yeah hey uh but last question for you (laughs) did did you have i had i think i probably had like four or five people independently unprompted ask me if i was okay yesterday (laughs) just because i was in such sad shape uh do you have any of that at the airport today people just like are you Okay. Man, Dude, we, okay. we were kind of we were giddy. We were giddy, and we were in a hurry, and we didn't remember where we parked. We didn't grab a ticket. We didn't know which <laughs> ramp it was. Like we and we were so tired, we gave up after like ten minutes. We just called the ramp people. We made hey, we made the hey, ramp guy drive us around in a pickup truck. No, he just he's like, which ramp are you in? Because there's four. We like you start at the top one. We aren't. We're. we're we're definitely at least three levels up. We, we drove around three ramps until we found our truck looking for a white pickup truck. There's a million. My buddy's just in the front seat clicking his clicking his key fob to see if he Go emergency. Come on. Set the alarm off. Yeah, we need to find this fucking Oh, house. my God. Oh, it took an hour weird. to find the car this morning. It that was rough. Great. But I got home and got to bed. And, uh, yeah, let's put a wrap on this. We'll be back later this week with a guest. All right, man. Yep, we'll do something fun later this week. Probably some more March Madness stuff because the Sweet 16 is fucking loaded. It's going to be great. Thursdays and Fridays games are going to be sick. Cannot wait for them. We'll we'll get back after it on, uh, on Wednesday.